up, Bitcoin Accumulation Country. It's that time of the week again. We've got a, another really interesting Lightning Node Roundtable episode. Um, it is the, uh, I think it's the final hack sprint that they're doing um, for the summer break. Um, we're going to discuss a whole bunch of different updates like Raspy Blitz 1.6 release candidate being out. Um, talk about... Uh, OpenNOMS is going to talk about his uh, graphic user interface for the join market, um, possibly alternate dashboards coming to the Raspy Blitz. Uh, we're going to talk about the, I think it's called the Wii node, um, which is a uh, essentially an Android-based node, uh, which I haven't really gotten to experiment with. Anyways, um, there is just, this episode is packed, and... Actually, the only thing I want to say is, is that unfortunately, um, at some points, you'll notice that the audio for uh, for Rootsall um, seems to get seems to get choppy. I I do apologize. Unfortunately, we're you know we're all around the world, and uh, you know we are going to have uh, uh, you know some audio issues. So I do apologize for that, and I just want to warn you guys about that. But otherwise, it's definitely a really great show, packed with tons of lightning information. And if you're somebody who's super excited, you know, looking at the lightning projects, check out the show notes because there's a lot of links to different GitHubs to some easy projects. Some of them a little bit more advanced, but all of them definitely fun and educational too at the same time right so you get to learn something new and you get to contribute and you get to do something cool so all of that good stuff before we get into that though we are going to talk about dollar cost averaging and my sponsor swan bitcoin for anybody who is interested in dollar cost averaging and who wants to be purchasing bitcoin but doesn't want to be spending their time constantly watching the charts and listening to traders that they really have no idea whether these people are credible or not. And you kind of just want to put this in kind of in a passive sleep mode where you're simply just accumulating and hodling, being able to transfer that Bitcoin out to your own private address. So if you're interested in doing that and that falls in, in your wheelhouse, then you are looking for Swan Bitcoin. With Swan Bitcoin, the three main takeaways are we've we can do automatic withdrawal from a bank account, automatic purchases of BTC. You can time them based on your uh, when you receive your check. You know, you can do it, uh, you know, let's say once um, you can do it once a month um, or you can do it per pay period as well. Um, there's lots of options for you to be able to customize how you purchase and you could automatically withdraw to your uh, your chosen address. So if you're interested in a Bitcoin only platform, um, that is doing the uh, the great work of helping onboard people, then you definitely want to check out Swan Bitcoin. I'm going to have the uh, the link to their website in the show notes. All right, here we go. Lightning Node Roundtable, Hack Sprint Edition. All right, Bitcoin Accumulation Country. We're back with another Hack Sprint. This is the June Hack Sprint 2020. And uh, joining us is, uh, we've got Fulmo, we've got Rootsall, we've got OpenNOMS, uh, we've got 21 is enough, and we are going to be running through um, some, some of the, uh, the projects that are being worked on right now on the, uh, on the hack sprint. And I see here, uh, roots all, I, I see a really long list, uh, the, uh, the raspy blitz, the IP2 tour, the LN bits. Um, how, how do we want to do this? Is there something specific that, uh, that you guys, uh, worked on for this hack sprint? 
So there was a, a lot of stuff going on. Um, maybe not that much as on the last experiment, but still a lot of stuff we can talk about. Um, the and we can go just go through the list of things that that will be fine because um, when when you see there are some outcomes noted, uh, I think we could talk about it and, and see if somebody's in the, in the room here to comment maybe on it. Okay. So which one do you? Uh, I mean, which one should we uh, should we start with over here? I think um, we can do the rest of this if you like. So. <laughs> okay, cool. By the way, I so, got 1.5 uh, installed. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so, for everybody not knowing, we had uh, the, the last experiment roundabout, we had the 1.5 released. And in between, there was a smaller upgrade, the 1.5.1. And everybody's using the Dropbox. Uh, a backup is, uh, is, is uh, strongly recommended to, to update because it fixes a bug in that. Um, but uh, um, yeah, we, we're already working on 1.6 now. So, and we have to have first release candidate we kind of shared in doing the hack sprint in, in the community to, to experiment with it. And yeah, I'm happy to, to let, let people know uh, what, what, what is the good thing stuff there. So. Very cool. I, I'm glad that you have 1.6 release candidate already. Are you able to share some of the uh, what you guys are working on in 1.6? Oh, yeah, sure. So there's, first of all, there's a lot of updates, of course. Um, there's um, the L&D update, uh, Bitcoin Core to 020. Um, so all of those projects that uh, already were on the Raspberry Blitz got, got updated, a lot of them at least. And uh, and yeah, we have some new additions there. We have, for example, Thunderhub. So um, was presented on the last hex sprint um, that it, this project is around. It's a little bit like RTL with a different kind of angle, um, but also able to manage your node uh, in a very nice GUI uh, on the on a, through the web browser. So this is now also part of the of the uh, 1.6, so we're coming up 1.6. The release candidate one is really more just for testers, so don't get too wild, put it on your production node. But if you have a test node running around, you can download it from the branch on the GitHub. There is the SD card image. And like uh, Balance of Satoshi is in there, and also Faraday, for example. So uh, to analyze a little bit more your channels and to optimize on your channel um, yeah, management. So, um, so those are the kind of kind of standards, uh, like updating, putting new apps in. Um, we the biggest thing, like and we pushed some other stuff a little bit down down the road for that, was to integrate the uh, IP to Tor tunnel service uh, stuff. Um, but but this is the kind of second part of my list here, so I can, I will come back to this uh, in, in a second. Let's talk about what 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 happened on this hack sprint here. Um, Open Arms, you you did a a GUI uh, update for the join market. So let us uh, let us know about that. Uh, yes, uh, I could also. Um, should I do a very quick screen share just to show it's working? <laughs> or I mean, I've been I've been into the habit that habit of it already. Um, so it's basically just about um, doing an interactive guide. What we had already available, but 1.5, we had the Insta script running on the uh, on the Rasp Blitz, inst installing the uh, Join Market's latest version, and now there is uh, a little GUI which can be uh, activated and tested already. And I just very quickly show it if someone is looking at the live stream that uh, here how it how it is looking like and. Uh, we can um, 
run the view generator now without you know needing to type any comments and uh, <coughs> configure a couple of things monitor uh, the service for example um, as you can see there been like stuff happening here already um, the node is communicating on IRC which is great uh, to see and um, and call another um, we can call the scripts from this uh, interface without needing to remember all the all the syntax which has been there. So this is, for example, uh, for demonstration purposes, this is a new wallet sh showing all the five mix depth and the deposit addresses. Um, and I mean, I, I won't go through all the functions now because uh, there's been just a, a demonstration to do that. And they are pretty uh, stable. Now I can I can say they're working. And then the biggest thing is, which we have been speaking about the last hexprint uh, as well, that you can open the proper GUI, uh, the Qt GUI, and now gives you some instructions to do it, which are pre-filled. You don't need to do anything else other than um, just copy paste this command, put your password in, and um, <coughs> the GUI will open very quickly, and this is, uh, as you can see, it's working. The instructions are prepared for um, all three major operating systems, Linux, Mac, and uh, Windows as well. Um, so, as I said, there are not really new functions, but uh, it is about uh, ha having the guide, and now it is translated, automated, as we usually do in Raspberry, that we have, we take a guide and then we make it work uh, for the people who don't want or don't need uh, to remember the common syntaxes anymore. So this is uh, a way for that. I think this could make it, make it to the 1.6 version of the SD card release, but in any case, it's is if you're already running join market on the on your Rustblitz, it is like a usual one line setup to install it, uh, which I don't have here, have open here. But um, I mean, you can refer to my tweets or anything to see what the actual uh, script we need to download and just install here, and to have this menu appearing when you're logging into join market. So. Um, the biggest thing is that you can have the real generator running in the background and you don't need to like, keep any windows open or you know think of anything else and you know provide liquidity for coin joins in decentralized fashion and make maybe even earn a couple of sets but certainly improve the privacy of your coins so uh, that was it about I like it a lot, man. It's really, really nice. Is uh, so. I'm sorry, I didn't catch if you said this, but uh, is this eventually? Right now, you said that you could install it um, manually yourself, but is there a plan to put this in uh, Raspy Blitz going forward? Like, is this going to be in 1.6? Uh, yes, I think it is. It is ready to be to be there. I mean. It can be updated, updated from within this menu. So if there are any boxes or any new features which are still, you know, very much needed, can be put in there and, and updated even after the SD card release. So, you know, I would be confident enough to use it for myself. So, you know, I've, 
I will put a pull request in and we'll see if Roots will uh, authorize it or not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, I, it, even so, you know, even now it is, um, if I just open the menu, open this, um, so on GitHub slash openum slash join inbox, that is in the little readme. I might just share my screen again very quickly. I'm so happy I can do it. I wasn't able, weren't able to, wasn't able to share my screen before. So if you can see this, uh, this is the github.com slash openum slash join inbox. And that is in the readme. There is this installing the join inbox menu on Raspberry 1.5 plus. And, uh, you just need to do these two lines, download the script, run it. And then one, when you are opening the join market as before, it's just, uh, it starts in the menu instead of the command line. So very nice. That's what I was, uh, well, finishing. I mean, I'm working on this for a while, <laughs> but, uh, I've put, you know, the kind of some major steps now, which now makes it, uh, um, usable for everyone. Very nice. So, um, does anybody, uh, does anybody have any questions for, uh, for open noms? I'm good. I'm good. really enjoying looking forward <laughs> to see that. <laughs> and, so, and, and I think I'm very confident that I will merge in from. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. You know, I, that's what I like that, uh, the, you know, the supportive community here. Some pre-approval right there. Very cool. It's, it does look pretty exciting. Um, even though when I first started using join market on the Raspberry Blitz, um, OpenOMS told me that there wouldn't be a GUI for quite a while. So I had to learn terminal, which I did and it's fairly easy, but, um, I guess this will open up the way for more, even more users, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. I think using the com terminal, especially with join market gives you a, a sort of confidence, uh, which, you know, which you cannot gain otherwise. So I think it's, it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great way to do, to do it in, any case, even if you have this GUI available and the Joy Market QT GUI as well. So, you know, well done there, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, okay, so does anybody have anything else for uh, for open noms? All right, Rootsal, what's, uh, what else happened this, uh, this weekend? Uh, so we had, uh, for sure, uh, a little bit more happening on the Raspberry Pi. So uh, there was uh, also um, from 21 and after zero tier integration working on. So maybe tell us, 21, can you tell us what zero tier is and now how does it work on the Raspberry Pi? Or at least what, I think little stuff is still missing, but a great programming uh, was, well, the most programming was kind of done uh, for the Hexprint. Exactly, yes. Let me try to put my camera on here too. Can you see me? Good. Um, yeah, so zero tier, I've been using zero tier for a while for all my personal devices. I think it's a beautiful way um, of interacting with your devices in a what is called a virtual private network. So zero tier is an open source solution that allows you to pretty easily um, connect your devices into a virtual network so they can talk to each other. It is like zero tier themselves that describe it as a sort of, you can almost imagine those networks, the zero tier networks being sort of chat rooms and you can join those chat rooms with your devices and then they can talk to each other. 
So as if imagine you're having your Wi-Fi at home, you have all your devices connected either through Wi-Fi or through a cable. Um, your mobile phone talks to your Raspberry Pis, but then as soon as you leave your home, you lose that connection unless you have some sort of maybe a VPN or a, a Tor connection or ports forwarded. And with zero tier, you don't need that. Like you join with your devices, the same network, and it doesn't matter where you are. You do not need to open ports. You do not need to configure router, your router in any way. You can just leave home. As long as you have internet connection, your mobile phone um, still connected to that VPN service, you will still be able to talk to all your devices, the devices that are in that network. And I've used it for a while with all my full nodes, with all the different software uh, or hardware platforms that I run full nodes on. And now I thought, yeah, why not Raspberry Blitz would be a nice addition to the Raspberry Blitz. And so, yeah, that initial um, pull request, there is an open pull request now that implements it. It works. It's uh, implemented in the most rudimentary form for now, let's say. It works. You can install it through the menu. It'll be shown to you how to um, join new networks. Um, so in a future version, or maybe enhance the pull request some more, I'll probably add an additional sort of restore function. So the Raspberry Blitz, if you have, um, if you update or if uh, you have a failure on your SD card, you can restore the Raspberry Blitz fairly easy with just flashing a new SD card and um, basically just booting up your Raspberry again. So that zero tier setup should be included in that restore. Uh, functionality as well, so that Raspberry Blitz comes back into your CRT network. Then some add-ons maybe from a user interface perspective, giving the user the possibility to join their networks easily through the through the terminal or through the Raspberry Blitz menu. That's probably uh, some things that we can add there. But yeah, it's working, and uh, I'm, I've been using it for a long time anyway with all my devices. I think it's nice for people who do not have the opportunity or or maybe technical uh, sort of yeah, literacy to set up their own VPN network. They can easily do that now through Zero Tier. Okay, this is this is really cool. I've never heard of it. Thank you so much for for explaining this. I just went to their website. Um, they, so they they have a mobile they have mobile apps. They have the desktop application for this. I, I'm definitely going to check this out. This is this is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's lovely, so, Dave. And it's super easy, like the setup process on all the devices on Android. You've just got an Android app that you configure as your VPN um, application on the phone. On any other platform like Linux, it's it's basically a one command, uh, one command, and you install it, you join a network, and instantly devices can talk to each other. It's end-to-end -end encrypted, so even though zero tier is involved in a way, like although it's open source, so you can technically run it completely by yourself. But the easier solution for people who just want to try it out is sign up with Zero Tier, create an account on their web, on their website, and then the only thing that they will see is like you're basic you're connecting through their service with your devices, but the traffic is end to end encrypted, so all they get is maybe your your public IP or uh, probably the clients that you're using. But, it might have some privacy implications, but the traffic is encrypted, so they cannot read what what data you're you're exchanging. I, I definitely have to uh, have to mess with this in order to even mm -hmm. have more questions about it because it, it's uh, it's sure. it's definitely interesting. Does um does anybody have any uh, any questions for uh, twenty one is enough? Mm -hmm. 
No? Um, so let me ask you this. Is it, uh, Rootsall, what, uh, where is this plan to be in uh, the Raspy Blitz? Is this, uh, is this plan for 1.6 or is this much later? Oh, no, in the progress already, the basics, I think, are there. So, and we will have for, for the final 1.6, I think we will have about two weeks, maybe plus, uh, to finish it and to test it out. And I'm quite confident to, to get at least to get this basic configuration for the script in there so that you can set it up. It should be possible to get it into the 1.6. And always, the rest of it is quite open to, to even if it's in a, just as a command line script in the beginning, then to have it experimental in there. So that some stuff can maybe even try it out over over the time, uh, but as more and more it's something that is mature, we try to put it more and more than into the into the GUI dialogues and and and, and something else and into better documentation and stuff. So I'm confident at least people can play with this in a, in a 1.6. So let's see. So 21 is enough. I uh, I hope there's still some on the last stuff we have to to work on that. But I'm very pretty, pretty confident. Yes, definitely get it in. Yeah, we'll do. It's it's really cool. Thank you very much. So, moving on, uh, Rutzel, do you, do you have anything else for for twenty one is enough? Or is um, from, not directly, but uh, but I have a topic that kind of connects to this. That's quite good. I just finish a little bit what uh, what was still done before the for the recipe blitz was there was also an alternative uh, uh, dashboard idea for for the for the recipe blitz uh, from Fusion forty four and I think we will connect with Frankie on this to see where we go with this. Um, nice video out there. I uh, hope it will post it soon on on Twitter maybe to take a look. Um, but to connect to the to the topic that we want is enough with the zero tier like we see that it's coming more and more often not uh, more, more of an issue how can I connect more freely and and on the mobile on on the go not outside of my home with my recipe blitz because this is always a problem like how to, to configure the router and all the stuff so a zero tier I think is a, is a solution for people to that want to build an overlay network but it may require the other person on this other side to um to still uh, install a, a proxy kind of client a little bit like you could also like run your uh, recipe blitz behind tor and people of course can also connect from the outside with to tor then to this to the to the recipe blitz but still there was always a problem that people have has to do either install some proxy software on the mobile phone for tour for example that's not not running easy for everybody even i had sometimes problems to get running on my mobile phone and or um, they have to be the, the apps that you want to connect to have to specially support tour for that and this, this this doesn't even work then for smaller devices sometimes if, if you're unlucky so so another topic uh that's that's in the um in the 1.6 and the release candidate one which we tried out are the Toward, uh, the IP to Tor bridges or tunnels. Uh, so this was something worked on by Frankie, or even in the on the I think two hex prints ago, MZ was was uh, doing a, a like the groundwork for this testing out, finding how to configure a Linux server to to make bridge between the Tor network and the clear IP. And uh, what happens with that is like a server out there in the internet can can function as a bridge. So you let run your recipe blitz behind Tor. So you have a good privacy shield there. Um, and um, you connect to that uh, server on the outside that's in, in, on the internet through Tor. So 
maybe even that that server doesn't know who you are, and then the server gives you uh, an, an port a port address on on its IP, and uh, then other people that don't need to install anything else because everybody every device out there knows how to talk to a clearnet IP can then connect to your uh, to, to your RASP blitz. Um, so this was two two hex sprints ago. This was kind of the basic groundwork MZ was was presenting, and then on the last hex sprint. Um, um, the Frankie was was building this into a little bit more uh, building an API around, so that it makes more easy to for the Respublits, for example, to go to to uh, to a, to a shop kind of setup, and and to to, to just uh, get get such a, a bridge server. So there could be now, and this is now just we integrated this now into the Respublits 1.6. Um, is that you can use it really like like a shop. So there can be services. It's completely open source. Everybody can set up such a, such, a, such a shop or can set up such IP tutorial bridges and then rent them out to people that want to want to uh, uh, make a subscription. So it's a it's a new kind of subscription service. You pay a little bit like for that. It's lightning microtransactions, but it makes it very very easy for non technical people then to um, to run safely behind Tor and make their uh, make their node available to the outside world, like people, like like it would be a normal internet server there. And in the in the one point six release candidate one, we have uh, um, you can connect your host with that. And um, so, for example, if you if, if you have your Raspberry running behind Tor, you want to connect your mobile wallet, it will ask you, oh, do you want to use such an IP to Tor bridge? Do you want to rent such a service? And then you can go to this shop, see a little bit list of, of available bridges. You choose one, and they maybe have different prices um, and different descriptions. Maybe one is in Sweden, one is in Germany, something like that. And you pick the one you're most, most uh, comfortable with and try it out. And uh, and then the rest, you have to configure nothing else. The recipe blitz is just doing everything for yourself. And then you see the parent code. And if you pair, your um, your mobile wallet then with your recipe blitz, it connects through this bridge and you can automatically go outside and reach now your node from from everywhere. So this is kind of what we have in the recipe blitz 1.6 now and the release candidate one. We, we test tested this a little bit out over the hex sprint. Uh, we still some found some some little stuff, but this is exactly why we tested it out now to to kind of um, um, make this uh, bug free and 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 then get the last bugs out. Uh, but it really looks good. And we're discussing for the future now how we can make make even more of uh, services than available on the recipe blitz through this, through this bridge. For example, if you if you host an Allen bits or BTC Pay server, you maybe also want to have the easily reachable to the outside, like every other web server out there. Uh, but you want to run behind Tor with them. So uh, and also making those available then through HTTPS. Um, would be is, is the next kind of step. Not exactly sure if you can get this uh, just into the 1.6 yet. Maybe we have to push this a little bit back to the 1.7. But um, this was this is going now to develop this a little bit further because then you would really be able to run uh, run your recipe blitz and serve services to your local community um, in a very easy way without setting up the router, uh, without caring other people installing extra software. So this is the thing. If you really want to make it easy for other people to reach a recipe blitz, I think this, this is a great solution. And it developed nicely over the last hex sprints from step to step to really now having a good solution for, for non-technical people to use in the end. I absolutely love it. And and you hit the nail right on the head, you know? It's it's all about that easy user experience, you know, that that people can just, you know, simply 
set something up like this, provide a service to their community, and at the same time, you know what I mean? It's it's not difficult, and the barrier to entry is lower. So I like that a lot. I really do. So I'm looking forward what's, to what's really nice, what's really nice about this here. Maybe you get all the benefits Lightning can deliver because you pay in micro micro transactions for this. So you pay the the the, the bridge you're renting for 24 hours. And you yeah. just pay SaaS ads for that. And if it's not delivering the service you expected, you cancel the subscription and you just risked about 20, 40 Satoshis to, te to test it out. So it's a very low risk to, to try services. And it's and really gives us this micropayments uh, that, that, uh, that Lightning enable. So, so it's perfectly on the business side of that. And it gives us the benefit of Lightning also that if I pay the service, the service doesn't know who I am. And now we have a service. Uh, that that I can that I can connect to, and it doesn't know who I am because I just get my onion address, my my hidden service address from my Raspberry Blitz. So from from that side, to give it, it forwarding traffic to me, but it doesn't know who I am. On that side, it never sees an IP for me there, and also on the other side, I can pay through Lightning in an anonymous way because the receiver of a Lightning payment doesn't know who's paying. It's just seeing, I gave an invoice and I paid and now I deliver the service. So I think it's very, very nice. If, even if you compare it with a VPN, uh, a VPN normally sees your ClearNet IP, even if you paid with Bitcoin. Some VPNs are out there that you can pay with Bitcoin. But in the end, they normally see your ClearNet IP. Uh, so they, they have data about you. Yeah. So I think we, we reach in really, really nice spot with, with this one. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that a lot. Very security focused. It's very nice. Thank you. So, um, what's uh, what do we have next from uh, from this hack sprint? So we can go through a little bit more to this list. There are there were people presenting a little bit of stuff, work they did, uh, like between Hexproof, because there's always the idea, this is not a kind of only hackathon event where you just kind of have, make a project and you do it for a weekend and then you drop it off. So this is about projects that are mostly continuing. And it's also good to have an idea on a Hexprint and then program on stuff during the Hexprint and present it the next time. It's definitely the, the platform we want to provide here so that people can really work on continuous projects and even present projects or code they were working on doing experience. And for example, there was the, the Bowser wallet. I'm not exactly sure if you know this device. A lot of people already played with this. Oh, yeah. This is the, M the M5 stack. So, and and uh, BTC Socialist uh, was was programming the Bowser wallet. So you can you can find it on, on this uh, GitHub or on the challenges list. You will find the uh, wiki.fulmo.org. This is a wiki from our Hexprint. When you go to challenges, you see all the projects and you find all the links to the GitHubs there. And uh, you can you can then install on this little device. You can turn it into a hardware wallet. And uh, the nice thing, I, I don't have it running here, so so I haven't time to get play with it. But I saw the video there, and it really looks nice. You get kind of a Tetris kind of size thing. So if you turn it on, they think it's a play device. Okay, somebody, I don't know, it's a Tetris a game, right? But if you then do the right combinations here, you put in a Morse code passphrase, you get to a, could get to 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 a hardware wallet, hardware wallet side. So also very very nice uh, project. Uh, how, how you can use those those M5 stacks if you have laying laying them around. So I definitely and will. Then, and, and I saw some people kind of installing it and testing it out, and we got good feedback. So we're looking forward to that one. Cool. I like it. I uh, I actually have an M5 stack lying around. 
Perfect. Then, then let us know how it's working and <laughs> let, let uh, Ben know how, how, how you like it or what features you're still missing. So because user feedback. And this is also the nice thing I wanted to say. We had um, on another project that was that it was very good for people that are maybe non-programmers but are interested in the technology is that the Mastering Lightning, this is the book that has been written about uh, how to how to learn about lightning. It's it's very pop popular. Uh, it will be published on a very popular um, publisher, Riley. So that's kind of the standard uh, publisher to go if you're a programmer and want to learn about something and, and expect a quality book about it. Mastering Bitcoin, for example, is also there. And Andreas Autonopoulos uh, wrote uh, Mastering Bitcoin, and there he's now writing together with, with Rose Beef and with Rene Pickard on Mastering Lightning. And oh, wow. um, the the good thing is, this is an open source book. This is an open source creation. So the book is already kind of developing on GitHub, and and everybody's free, and not even not just during the hex sprint. Everybody's free even now uh, or, or on during the week in the next kind of weeks, to to really go to this GitHub, already read the, the content that they have, and and give input back, like and even even make a pull request to that book and and uh, make it better. So and they they did exactly that. They used to hexprint for ex uh, inviting everybody from the community here to make a test read to give feedback. What examples, for example, uh, are not good yet or need to be more easy to accessible. So I think they started to work on some Docker images for make easy setups for for test environments where you can try stuff out. Um, and they they got some feedback. You could really see it on the on the chat channel uh, during the hex sprint. Uh, people trying stuff out, reading stuff, giving feedback, asking maybe even why is this topic not in there. So that's very very uh, great pro project uh, project like this uh, to to even make it even if you're not a hardcore programmer but you're interested in the tech uh, or want to understand it. Um, definitely a great uh, project happening during the hex sprint. And again, this is still ongoing. So you're definitely invited to to join this, and they still ask you for, for for more feedback and more test reading because the more people read it in the beginning, the better it will, the, the end product will be, and everybody will have a better understanding about Lightning. Oh, I, I totally agree, and and obviously, uh, just just for all the the listeners out there, all of these uh, all of these different projects, all the show notes, everything like, uh, sorry, all the links, they're all going to be in the show notes as well. So if people want to follow up and go check all of this out. So no fear. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe let me yeah um, let me continue. There is um, a one project that um, maybe not not I think not no code got written, but at least people started to look into this. Uh, this, this is also also very good. It's an idea, and I really encourage this because there's still a bounty to catch on this one. Um, so uh, maybe an incentive to, to even work during experiments, or even you don't even if you finish before, just let us know. We will we will we will get you in contact. Is the building interface for standard banking banking software with the FinTS standard um, so it's maybe a little bit dry more drier topic because it's about an open standard there that's normally used by by banking software but it's an open standard and the idea is here um, bookkeepers have a hard time to 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 manage Bitcoin so for, for example if you're a merchant and you want to accept Bitcoin and you really like the idea and then you call your bookkeeper and say hey I want to do this Bitcoin thing and uh, and and accept Bitcoin in my store uh, 
can you do that? And they will say, Bitcoin, putting into my standard, I don't know, I don't see it anywhere here in my, in my standards software. So that is too complicated. I will have to bill you a lot just for bookkeeping. And then, say, and then the merchant will probably say, ah, I don't know, maybe this is too complicated. So in having, if you, but if you, if you build uh, an interface to the standard so that you can run your, your full node, Raspberries, for example, yes. and install an extra software there. And then you can connect your standard bookkeeping software like through this in open interface, like any other bank account into that, like a bank account where you have foreign currency in there. So the, the people do this. So, And then you can manage this very, very easy and take a lot of pressure off of bookkeeper people because merchants have to do the bookkeeping. <laughs> and and uh, so, so we want to make it easy for them. If we want merchant adoption, we have to deliver those tools. And there's still a challenge out there. So That's I true. encourage everybody to, to look into this. And there's a bounty, I think, still from 1.02 Bitcoin to, to reps. So if you can deliver a prototype that at least programs a subset of the standard that, that shows that it's possible to integrate into such a bookkeeping software with the standard, that would be so awesome if somebody is still inspired by this and that says, okay, I'll give it a week and see where, how far I get. And please share your progress. Let us know how, how, how your progress is. So, because this is very, very much needed. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that that is, you know, again, th this is part of, you know, the whole mainstream adoption and, and the whole user experience and lowering the barrier, you know, if because I, I, I totally agree. You know, one of the uh, one of the challenges anytime I've ever thought of, like, trying to help somebody put a, uh, a lightning node in a shop is, OK, how do they do their accounting? You know, through that. I mean, yes, of course, I understand that they can sit there and manually do it. I totally understand that. But to your point. You want it to flow. You want it to be something nice and easy, you know, something that they can just somehow click and it'll, you know, obviously it'll just sit there and do the conversions, right? And be able to show it to them right. in, a, in a nice <laughs> in a nice report that they could actually use, you know, with the fiat uh, banking world, <laughs> so to speak. That as well. We have to deliver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. So, so definitely something to, to, to grab on. Um, and uh, pretty much enough to you sit around, right? Because you were presenting also a lot of work you did between experience with your documentation on the uh, on the Lightning ATM, right? So maybe uh, maybe give us a short look at that, even if you can share your screen maybe very quickly for people on the live stream. So take a look at this and let us know what else uh, happened on the Lightning ATM during the, the experience. Yes, please. Yes, I am around. I can definitely do that. Let me also try the screen share. Um, I can do here application and jump over to the documentation. Can you see my screen now? Oh, yes. Good. Cool. Very nice. Very good. Yeah. Um, so, what happened over the hackerin? So, we didn't write um, much code this weekend for the ATM, but we got a lot of new people who want to build the ATM. So when I published the guide, I published uh, um, the docs.lightningatm.me um, on Friday, and a lot, a lot of new people joined. Um, the Telegram chat has been, it's exploded basically, it's like triple or quadruple the people in there now, and they all want to build the ATM. So I've got a lot of private messages over the weekend um, from people who want to build it, who already started, who ordered the hardware. Um, yeah, there is a lot going on. So I do think that this helps 
I'm looking forward to um, seeing more of the ATMs, maybe also attract one or two uh, more that help building, help writing some software. It's pretty easy, all written in Python, so you don't need a lot of experience. You can jump into the code and solve some issues that are open on GitHub. And um, this is basically the documentation website that I've been working on for a little while now, where so, you have, yeah, sorry, no, ask the question. Yeah, I want to ask you, uh, because the last time you and I spoke, um, there was still, you were still trying to decide what you were going to use for a power supply for people. So I bought all the parts, and the only thing I don't have yet is the power supply. So did you, I'm assuming you figured that out? Is there a... Yes, yeah. There is a solution now that um, you can find under the hardware requirements as well. Exactly. That, nice. that problem is solved as well. Yeah. Nice. That was the only piece I was missing, so I will be bugging you. <laughs> good, good. Cool. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, maybe I give a quick overview here. So that's like the start page where you land on um, some information, what you'll find on here. Uh, a link to the Telegram group. Join us and ask, ask away if you've got any questions. Um, there is one section with a bunch of pictures. If you want to uh, take some inspiration there, you can see the different versions that um, have sort of evolved over time, the first cardboard box and then that intermediate uh, box, just a cube really. And then the latest version where you've also got sort of the round corners and then move on to hardware requirements and software requirements. So two pages where you get to see all the details. Um, so for example, here, Coinicarus, if you want to know power supply, you go down here, you see um, what exactly you need. There is uh, option one and option two. The one option one is what I recommend. You can click that link here to see more details about this particular um, piece of hardware. All the others are explained exactly what you need. Um, those links here, they just lead you to a Google search of this particular um, hardware part. So you've got to decide by yourself where you want to buy it. Excellent. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. You, you stuck with the e-paper. I, I remember you saying that you weren't 100% sure about the screen. So I see that yes. you stuck with that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we got the e. At, for now, we've got the papyrus e ink. Yeah. That seems a little hard to procure at the moment. I'm right now working on a version for a WaveShare e ink screen. They are easier and even cheaper to get. So there should soon be a version where, where you can work, uh, use either e ink screen. And then there is actually also people working on a touchscreen version for, for it. So yeah, it should definitely be compatible with multiple screens um, fairly soon. Very cool. Very cool, man. Yeah. I, I'm so excited to build this thing. Good, good. I, that's I, cool. Yeah, we've got um, software requirements. So that's um, basically when you run through the through the setup later. So for example, here uh, we've got hardware, software, and wallet setup. Um, the hardware setup part is completely all made with uh, YouTube tutorials. So there's roughly one and a half hours of YouTube tutorials, part one, hardware overview, and the first setup of the coin acceptor. There is a Raspberry Pi in this tale where, yeah, just really running through the whole, um, the whole part. Also, I want to really encourage people who have never touched, and I've been in contact with at least three people right now. They've never um, interacted with a command line. And it is definitely possible. Like with this, with this guide, you can you can do it. I, I go step by step. I show you all the details, how, what tools to use, what tools to install, how to flash software onto an SD card. So it, it really runs through the whole setup process. 
genius, man. People could take some support notes from you. You know, learn how to (laughs) like that's that that's how proper that that's how like you know proper backend support is is done. I like that. Good videos, good good screenshots, man. Good explanations. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Very Mm -hmm. cool. Cool, Yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole hardware part here. Some wiring details. Um, There is later on, like when we go through software setup, there there is then also quite some instructions as to how to access, like how to change certain files, how to change currency, for example, from euro to US dollar or whatever you please. Uh, fees, you can set the fees at this with this little instruction here. Got some uh, information to how to activate the camera. We've got a log file that you can monitor and sort of like follow along what's happening on the ATM to make sure um, yeah, things are all right or in case you have errors, those will be shown here in, in that log file. So, Pretty much everything is explained and moving on to wallet setup. If you're lo- using an LND implementation with BTC pay server, how do you actually um, connect your BTC pay server to the ATM? That's all explained in here with a bunch of pictures and guides how to yeah, display the QR code that you then basically a QR code in um, credentials encoded into the QR code that you then show to the ATM and it configures itself with um, with all those details and accesses the the API, um, the LND REST API. We've got some more FAQ and common problems that might occur. We have wallet communication. I've made a little guide. That's actually not. I mean, at the end, we we really end with sort of um, an LNTX bot explanation. The the Telegram um, bot that is a Lightning wallet. But it's basically also quite an introduction into APIs in general, how to talk, like how the ATM talks, like how does that actually work? How does the ATM send Satoshis around? How, uh, yeah, what is an API? What is an API endpoint, username, password? So it's a more, a bit more general for people who want to get some more information about this whole cu- communication between the ATM and the actual wallet that then sends the Satoshis. Um, it's yeah. A- pretty much it that's sort of what what it, and the cool thing is definitely also if people now go and build even they might not be able to write python code but um, they can definitely set it up and maybe help improve so you can also contribute it's a github repository those this document this document website so you can go on there um, find the errors find my type typos uh, or help improving the documentation for other people. If you encounter problems, think of a solution and help improving the documents. Thank you very much. That, that is like, seriously, 21 is enough. You, you've done a really, really great job with this. And uh, like I said, I'm super excited to set it up. It, it looks like you've put together some really clear instructions, a nice, simple site. And yeah, man, great work. I uh, I still remember interviewing you. I think uh, like uh, earlier this. I think it was like either early this year or like late last year. And I was just so psyched, you know. And you even said like, "Don't go out and get all the parts yet because it's not ready." But I, I had no choice, and I, and I could see like it wasn't a mistake. <laughs> so good, I'm really good. excited. I'm happy to hear. <laughs> Does anybody have any uh, anybody have any questions for Twenty uh, One Is Enough for the Lightning ATM? No, I, I think you just answered everything. So, <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, hey Rootsol, do we have any uh, anything else that was uh, from the hack sprint? 
Oh yeah, sure. There's um, we had uh, the Zeus app uh, around, so uh, some uh, issues with Hackathon. I think it's definitely on the on the on those issues a lot of work. So still open, so you can go to the if you if you use the Zeus app and you like to have to improve it, definitely check out the GitHub on that. Um, but on the bugging of uh, of the new other uh, 0.3 the release that's I'm sure I think it's coming up. So and um, had good discussion on UX stuff and uh, yeah so always like continue um, improving it. And we also talked a little bit that maybe if an L the LD people are, um, are are talking or listening, um, just um, we, we still have the problem if we, if you pair. The uh, your mobile phone with, uh, for example, with the Raspberry Blitz, you have the QR code there, and having the TLS turned in there is always a big, big space. So, so the, the QR code gets big, and it's get hard, it gets harder for the mobile wallet to read it. I think all mobile wallets have a little bit this problem, like, and the LCD screen on the Raspberry Blitz is already quite big, so it can display the code, but then with the with with, with, with seeing it, and so um, it's not that easy. Sometimes you have to take multiple times until it works, and to get the TLS out there would be. Nice. Nice because then the QR code would be would be would be smaller. But for sure, you want a TLS cert uh, to have a secured connection there, right? So uh, some people or think some wallets try to do like TLS trust on first use, but there's always a problem that you can leave the the, the TLS out there, but then you you couldn't connect your to your Raspberry Blitz and you can trust the kind of the first certificate you get and you keep it, but this still could be a man in the middle attack vector because you don't know if somebody on the on, on the way to your recipe blitz was kind of uh, giving it uh, giving you another certificate there or something and just making a man in the middle. So the the thing the thing is there that it would be nice if if there if you could put do it, do it and check the sync without the TLS, but you get a little fingerprint of the TLS, and then you can download the uh, the TLS and just check it. Then, um, so you can trust it even if you haven't got it through the through QR code. This was make the make the QR code uh, smaller, but the only thing is for for app developers, it's hard to to download a, a TLS cert because they are they, within their app programming. There's maybe no way to do this, so it would be nice if LD, for example, would have an endpoint that you call uh, and. Just Download the TLS and then check it with the fingerprint I got through the QR code pairing. That would be so awesome. Just, just something personally. I was talking with these people. Um, they also like the idea, but it's hard really for for them to get the TLS there in another way. So this is a small, small, uh, small update on that one. And uh, definitely look out for a new update on the on the Zeus app that's coming out. Um, then we had the the, the Wii Note, uh, and we even the last kind of experience. It was a little bit um, not so much work on this, but this time we can see Stefan was was doing. Stefan was definitely doing work, but other people joining. Um, this time Jeff was was also trying stuff out. So maybe you too can you maybe report a little bit what was happening over the weekend and then give us give us uh, the updates. Yeah, sure. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, Does we can work? hear. Yeah, we can hear you perfectly. Awesome. Yeah, Great. I love it here. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeff, uh, how, how did it, how did it go? Uh, well, I, I tried to to set a new record, really, um, which I only learned after the fact. Um, I found I have like this pretty nice uh, H HTC Desire. Um, it's only ten years old and has like one gigabyte. Um, uh, memory and a little less than one gigabyte RAM. And I tried to install the Wii Note 
about it, but unfortunately I failed, which is also one way to learn something, I guess, because I hope it inspired Stefan to, to actually write down some requirements for the Wii Note. Um, and so we, I personally learned that um, despite the sort of claim, I guess, that you can recycle old Android phones, they cannot be too old. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I mean, it, it was actually fun to try this. Um, but so, so my success is that I successfully failed. Um, even like putting some somewhat recent Android version on a really old, but still pretty good phone. I mean, if you, if you look at it, uh, this is like still pretty nice, you know, um, I'm kind of, yeah, whatever. Um, so in any case, uh, this is only on Android 2.3, and I think you need for the Wii Note, you need Android uh, 7 and up. Yeah, that, it's, it's, uh, yeah. You, you could you could do with five maybe, but then it's it's you need an old version of Termux. It doesn't. It's not really really fun. Uh, but two point is is really pushing it. You, I, I think you'd you'd have to push. Uh, there are possibilities to upgrade your your phone to Android five, and then then you could use an old Termux and stuff. But this was, I don't know. If, I mean, I've I've tried to Google it. Uh, they they all say that Bitcoin D needs at least one gig of gigs, and you have less than one gig. So it I mean, it might work, but that would be really record pushing. I think. Yeah, I mean, it might have been a bit tedious to to make all the. Uh, I mean, everything is outdated, and I would have had to look for really old software and update it and flash it and all that. Um, and OpenOMS is commenting that Lineage OS might be something to look at. Um, yeah, that's that's usually the thing to go for if you if, if you uh, if you don't get um, uh, if you don't get proper ROM for your for your device anymore, then Lineage OS is, is often uh, the way to go. I just updated my my old my first. Uh, um, we know uh, to uh, Linux OS 14, I think, or something, which is no, not 14, 16 even. So that's that's uh, Android 9, and that, that's nice because now I can can get the, all the Termux upgrades again, and and it's all even cleaner I, than I the original. We have, to, we have to start a bit at the beginning um, because not I think not everybody's aware what the WeNode project actually is about. Um, right. So, so maybe you can just give like a two three sentence. Um, summary and what like, your intention is with the WeNote project and what it is. Yeah, maybe you, you, have, you have inspired me to, to uh, have an issue now to, to put it on some, some uh, requirements and maybe I should also give a good summary as to, to what's the scope of it. But uh, um, the idea is to, to uh, we all have, have old Android phones running around. By old, I don't mean like the oldest Android phones you can get. <laughs> I just mean phones that you're not using day to day anymore for different reasons. Good reasons, for example, are if the, um, the, the display is broken or there's, uh, I don't know, the touchscreen doesn't work anymore. The battery is not good anymore, stuff like that. But it's but it, it it there are some some uh, requirements. You, you need at least one gig of RAM, and you uh, should have a fairly recent version of Android to make it easy. And then you can can run on on, on those phones. You can run uh, Termux, which is uh, a wrapper for for Linux because Android really is just Linux. Uh, and uh, you can uh, run Bitcoin full node on this, and you can also run uh, Lightning and other stuff on this. And I was actually trying to to get C Lightning to run. Um, this was my project for for the weekend, and I, I failed too. <laughs> I gotta 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 say because um, I originally I've been running LND for for a long time, and the the reason I chose LND in the first place was uh, because they they had a story for for backing up um, 
for having a backup, right? For backing up your channels. And they said, oh, that's the static channel backup. And uh, I just went for it and f found out later that it doesn't really work. I lost 600 euros or so on this on this note because my my, LN, uh, my SD card crashed. And so that's so now now I'm really inspired to try uh, C Lightning because they have a, a cool setup where you can um, you can uh, back the C Lightning um, installation with a Postgres database and Postgres runs on on Termux and you can um, sync your Postgres to another device that also runs Postgres. Uh, so it's really an enterprise setup, but it's ideal for, for the WeNote uh, thing because you can just have multiple old phones <laughs> lying around, which I actually do. <laughs> and, and, and one can back up the other. So it's a, like an enterprise setup for zero, zero <laughs> euro. <laughs> and I'm, I really want to do that, want to do this, but it's, it's actually pretty hard to get uh, C Lightning to run because the, as I found out uh, the hard way, um, the installation um, document, documents there are really outdated. Um, there's, it says, oh yeah, yeah, you can cross compile for Android and you just have to do this. And I tried, it didn't work. It, it, it absolutely, uh, it, it made, me, made me mad. And then I, I noticed very, very late that this is uh, like a two year old, um, two year old uh, doc document that isn't appropriate anymore. It's, uh, but it's, and people have made, uh, have, have gotten um, later work to run, but it's, it's very, very different, a very complex process, lots of patching and stuff going on. And even then you don't get the latest version. So now I have managed to get on my, on my own device, I have an old version of C Lightning, but I haven't had time to, to really try it out yet. Uh, so I'm still working on, on getting on, on on making a real package for Termux, so it, you you can just say package update, package install, see Lightning, and then everything works. But uh, it looks like uh, this is kind of going to be a bit more involved than uh, just doing it on a few weeks on. on uh... Okay, so we're going to see some progress here eventually. Maybe I, I, in two I weeks. <laughs> Two weeks, definitely. Cool. <laughs> it's a two-week well, project. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I could be a little inspiration, even though it was basically just an hour or two of looking into it after I like decided that it wasn't. But you also you also found now. you also found uh, my old uh, Twitter account that that right, because I I once wanted to to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to get a Twitter account for this project, and I actually did it, and it was at WeNote. But then I couldn't log in because it actually they gave me without telling me they gave me at WeNote one because WeNote somebody already had taken that or something but they didn't tell me so I didn't know what the name of my Twitter account was but you did and now I, I could actually log, log in so now we have a Twitter account again and you have one follow at least <laughs> that's great it's okay you're gonna have two you're gonna have two soon that's amazing <laughs> so. I mean, I, I definitely, I, I'm, I'm interested by this. I, I unfortunately, I have a, a, a an iOS phone, so I, I'm contemplating just getting That's... myself an old Android just to try this, you know. But like you yeah, said, not too old. You, you could. Not too old. You should. Yeah, not too old. But you know, you, but you can, you can get a cheap one from, from, from eBay because it can have all kinds of things that, that makes it unusual, uh, unusable for, for just. Uh, as a normal phone, right? If you it can have a cracked screen, or it can have a broken touch screen, or it can have a broken battery, stuff like that. Um, 
So, so you, you should be able to get a, a really cheap one for, off eBay or something. Stupid question. Could I do this with a, an Android tablet? Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, yeah that, why I, not? that I do yeah. have. Okay. Yeah, any Android device will do. I mean, but but you you need, as I said, yeah, one one gig at least, better two gig of, of RAM is, okay. is good, and and Android Android seven makes it much 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 easier. Okay, cool. Thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> Another project right. to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, speaking of recycling. Yeah, no, no, we're speaking of recycling hardware. Um, I also uh, worked a bit just to try out. Um, I'm not sure if you uh, if you know this little box, which is um, yeah, the Rest I think it's peace. first Casa Note. Yeah. Um, so I got my hands on one of those and opened it up. It has like the regular one terabyte um, hard disk and a Raspberry Pi. Three, um, so it's actually fairly straightforward to to put the Raspberry Blitz on that, and I did just that using. Yeah, I mean, um, that that was fairly easy. It just takes a while to synchronize the whole blockchain, uh, which I downloaded via the torrent. But the torrent is a bit old, so it has to like still get the old block, the, the most recent blocks, and uh, verification takes a bit on the Raspberry Pi three, but. Um, it was also about like re recycling old hardware and putting some some newer software on it. Um, I guess it's it's in the same spirit as the Wii Note. Uh, at least I thought it was. Um, and now, since we already have a cool case, we can just put uh, the recipe blitz in, in the old case. <laughs> and just to to finish off, uh, I'm I'm actually I think this I mean this is not really uh, super important for the whole world, but I'm kind of an, um, Excited by this. Um, I also found a, another um, Raspberry Pi case, which was recommended for the Raspberry Blitz earlier. And I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but the case actually has holes for Lego tiles, so you can build your <laughs> own Lego case. Um, which I, which is going to be a little uh, side project, and maybe we make a little competition out of that. Um, who's going to build the coolest Lego case for the Raspberry Blitz? Um, yeah, so... That's that's basically my my personal account of what I've been doing for the weekend. Um, well, for for at least some things. Can we get a link All to right. that case? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a Christian. Do you remember the name? The Rain P Pipo? Is it the Pipo case? Yeah, just for the uh, for the show notes. Cause... Yeah, yeah, I think it was Pipo. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you the link, um, and you can put it in the show notes. It's it's a Pipo, and I th you might even be able to print it yourself. Um, but but the Lego feature is, is quite nice. Because if we're going to have a Lego competition, then I, I definitely want in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's going to be quite the challenge. Yeah. Looking forward to that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Lego Lightning. Here we go. <laughs> right on. Yeah, can, can I pitch in just uh, speaking about weekend projects? Uh, I think uh, for another possible fate for that uh, Raspberry Pi 3 from the customer could be a Pi hole, which is uh, advertised as a network-wide ad blocking, which is basically a DNS server running on your home network. And then uh, it just sucks in every kind of call and blocks the unwanted ones. There are multiple, there are a good number of blacklists 
uh, by default, but then you can put anything you like, and then you can put, you can block and whitelist and blacklist, well, block or allow uh, uh, domains as you like, uh, choose one by one, and you know um, advertisements and trackers and things like that will be just will be just sank in that uh, little device. Um, and then you can also use zero tier. So I, I've, I know this because I've all learned this uh, from 21's Enough, uh, which had a beautiful tweet about this showing that 70 or 80% of his um, network calls are blocked, uh, outgoing calls are blocked from his network. Uh, I, I could achieve about uh, 30% now. Uh, and um, it's just a very nice way to keep your privacy, especially if you're like using a VPN or, or try to uh, avoid fingerprinting your uh, kind of behavior, then it's it's a great thing. And it's kind of a one-click install um, for Raspberry Pi 3 or basically any kind of Linux which is running anywhere on, on your home network. Uh, I think I can even show it quickly. Oh, what yeah. It does. Uh, um, there we go. Back here. So it is. It's dashboard. It's 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 running on my uh, internal uh, network, and then I'm running it in two days. I've achieved thirty percent of the calls blocked, which is eleven thousand blocks, uh, and there are eighty nine thousand domains on the block list, and most of them are. Uh, I mean, you can hear. You can see here that it's like things are calling out a less encrypt. Oh, we can't see your screen right now. Yeah. Your screen is not showing. Not showing. Uh, I'm no. sorry. It's, uh, it tends to, tends, tends to disappear. It's back again, I hope. Not it yet. Is? is it? Not yet. I think it's a bandwidth thing, so. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. So anyway, go to <laughs> pihole.net. It is pi-hole.net, and uh, it has like a GitHub a community and a FAQ and everything else. Or, or, or I will link to the Twitter of uh, 20 is enough, which has a nice discussion under it to to see how, how to set it up. But it's quite impressive that how much like unwanted communication is going out of your network, and, and uh, it's you know a cheap little cheap device like. Uh, like Raspberry Pi 3 even, um, you can uh, just block it. And with the help of zero tier, for example, or any kind of other VPN, you can um, connect to your own DNS server from anywhere. If you're running on your phone, for example, you can always connect back to it and just uh, you know get rid of those unknowing ads. And if you are overdoing it, you can get rid of everything Google and everything Facebook or anything else. Uh, you know, if you set it up in your household, you can uh, drive the other people to craziness as well. So, you know, don't overdo it, but I would recommend to to set it up with some, uh, with the default block list and with some uh, reasonable additions. This is very cool. I am just on the website right now and checking this out. I mean, this is really interesting. Thank you very much for sharing. Oh, yeah. And this this might even to... be useful for me at work. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. So there is just a small addition that uh, you can actually, uh, if you're running Ambien, 
on any kind of SBC, which is which is like a, a Linux distro for these little computers, uh, anything else than the Raspberry Pi, <laughs> then it has a built-in setup function. And, and also it is available in BTC Pay server as a Docker, Docker image, which can be optionally activated. So if you run the Docker setup for BTC Pay server, which is the original kind of from the team, not the rest of it is not using Docker. So if you're running BTC Pay server on its own, then you can add the Pi hole kind of dashboard and function to it as well. Yeah, I definitely need to dig into this a lot more. This is cool. Put the uh, screen share on if you want it. Oh, cool. We can see the screen share. Take a quick look at. Yeah, so, so you can see the screen share now, do you? Oh, I, you can I, see my screen share, can you? I was able to see somebody's screen share. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's not mine, though. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's mine. Very cool. Here you can see the, um, it's basically an overview. At the moment, I'm at 52% of blocked DNS requests. It was much higher a couple of days ago. There is a particular device that does a lot of requests to Google um, URLs. You can see the query log. You can basically see what is going on right now, what uh, things are being blocked or allowed. So these are things, these are domains that are being allowed. Um, there is probably a lot of, the, there's often quite some Google domains that are being blocked or that I personally block on, on my network that I don't want um, that my browser visits. So I have like a, a list of whitelisted things, of things that I do allow because I might want to use Gmail or YouTube, but then I also have my blacklist here that does a lot of um, blocking. That's the manual blacklist. But then you also have a whole lot of, um, for example, here in group management, you can add lists. There's a lot of open source curated list of domains you might want to add and block things in general. Like, for example, here I've got the some Microsoft, some Facebook uh, domains that I'm blocking. And there is a whole lot of uh, domains that are being blocked now on my network. And if something doesn't work, I can just whitelist it. And from then on, it'll work again. But there, it's a lot of devices that do background checks and crash analytics and whatnot. So it's my browsing experience has gotten a lot better, definitely. I'm super excited to set this up. This is really, really cool. I like the interface too. It's nice and simple, you know, easy to understand. I like it. Yeah, yep. True. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so uh do we have any more do we have any more updates from uh from the hack sprint? Uh oh yeah, there's just Still, some stuff to, to report. Before I continue, I always I also like to, to see there's a good use cases for all Raspberry Pi suites. So, um, if, for example, if you had Raspberry Pi, uh, Raspberry Blitz, an early one that worked on a three and not four, so the Pi whole thing is definitely some, some good use for it. But also, there are, like, like Jeff, like there's a lot of people that still want to use the Raspberry Pi 3. And, Getting blockchain on there is, is always a, a big, big problem, and I hope that's will not kill me for that. But but we are uh, we, we 
I can decide to, to, to terminate or get rid of the torrent download um, because um, the torrents, as Jeff was telling, is hard to keep it up. It was kind of a workaround from the beginning and a lot of people then download stuff and then stuff fails and they have to do it again. So this is, this is losing a lot of time. So what else we want to offer with the recipe blitz for um, for people who still want to use Raspberry Pi 3 is that you really sync the and validate the blockchain yourself on the laptop and then you copy it over with the lab over the LAN network um to make this the really the, the only way to to do it because the Raspberry Pi would not be able to do it by itself three one because it's it would take a month or whatever to really synchronize by itself. And the good thing would be like having it on your on your uh, on your laptop like you do like a small bitcoin or everything yourself and once it's done you copy it over is you have still a copy of the blockchain on your laptop so if anything goes wrong whatever like you can just make a quick catch up on that uh, on your laptop and copy it over again so it reduces even in the case of problems further down the road if you have to restore something to to get this back again and again you validated it all by yourself just with your laptop and then copy it over to to respite so you're getting completely rid of this like trusting maybe a blockchain that comes from a torrent or something like that so I hope at least this one, if, if you have feedback and comment on this, like you, you definitely did uh, need this current thing, let me know to, to, to know where because maybe paying with this decision. But I think just to clear up a little bit the, the other stuff, uh, um, this was a decision to go. Very nice. All right. <laughs> All right, that's what we what we have still on the on the uh, on the list here. Like uh, we had uh, the, the Pi block was presenting. The block is a um, kind of collection of of uh, Python scripts that also have a kind of menu structure where you can do different things like donation of your node or uh, transactions, um, and it even have a has an integration to to play with the with satellite stuff, so sending messages over. Uh, over, over, the, over the satellite receiving stuff. So this is interesting. So um, we have to see where this develops. It may develop into into a little bit like a, a node management is, uh, way for terminal style. So we have to see, but good to have that uh, part of the hex print. Um, and then we had the uh, people for about the Rust Lightning Network, uh, Rust Lightning uh, node, where um, kind of hacking out still to, to make the implementation of a, of a Lightning implementation on Rust. So and they I think I, uh, they, they had good continue good progress there. And I think over Hi. there, yeah, yeah perfect. I'm here. Tell us a little bit about what happened and what else was your journey on the weekend. Hi, hi, guys. So um, it's our third Lightning Hack Sprint with the same idea of developing the Rust Lightning node. So um, first, I want to thank Rizolfo and others for organizing it and everyone for participating, making it this is initiative like rock solid with every month. Thanks, guys. I know how much effort you put on this. You rock. I really do. Um, so uh, probably I'll start with a brief intro. So we're one of the guys that have been developing RGB. It's like a set of protocols to put it simple assets on top of Lightning Network. And um, during the hack sprint, we started to build a Rust Lightning node. I know that would be highly modular and ready for also not just like RGB what we needed, but also for future Lightning extensions in different forms for different projects. Because like currently we have a couple of problems with existing implementations. Um, for example, they are not that uh, suitable for upcoming lightning upgrades, channel factories, taproot, and different things like that. 
And uh, also, um, I'm, as far as I know, the problem of Lightning Network not being ready for layer three, like DLCs on Lightning Network or Lightspeed payment that we proposed some time ago. Um, I mean, so we have been trying to uh, work around all those all those issues. So kind of back to what we've done during this weekend. So this time we have a couple of new contributors. Most of them are pretty new to Rust. So uh, we chose to do onboarding troubleshooting more than actual new node development, because we do appreciate the effort and contributions to our activities, especially understanding that the whole node structure and concept are pretty complex to digest in the first place then it's hard to start doing it if you don't have that much experience with Rust. So we tried, we decided to put a lot of effort into that. And nevertheless, we had great troubleshooting sessions. We had new issues raised on the dashboard that we have, like specially dedicated to Lightning Hack Sprints. Uh, we have, we developed the Docker files, we received bug reports, dealt with conflict resolutions, etc. So that was pretty much it, though I'm pretty sure for, from, I would, from what I see now that next month during the next hack sprint, we'll have a lot to show and maybe even something to give already for playing around with. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to, uh, to try this out. The, uh, the Rust Lightning node, I mean, that's super cool. Thank you. I, I know nothing yeah. about Rust, so for me, it's just, you know, it's just tumbling down the rabbit hole and, you know, just something new to try and bang my head against, you know, so <laughs> I'm excited. Well, so far, uh, all the feedback that I have gathered about Rust from different kind of developers, like some of them are old school Java people, some of them are React JS followers and worshippers. All of them, as long as they touch Rust, they just give up everything else. So if you do not want to spend your time on developing Rust, do not even touch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, and yeah. And also I wanted to say thanks to the self-organized sessions over over the course of this weekend because I participated in a couple of them and it has been extremely interesting to learn what like who's doing what and to share some insights from from my experience also so great job guys thanks thank you so much and uh, obviously we're going to add the details uh, to that project in the in the show notes as well awesome thanks i'll i'll drop the links thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. The um, what I want to say is right. It's, it's absolutely okay to say um, we we concentrated on onboarding people to our project because there were people asking stuff. So we so we really really go to those people and, and take time for those people. This is exactly also what the hack sprint is about. This is why we are not just a hackathon where you where you just say I I, I the line of codes I did and and the prototype is the most important thing. Um, it's really it's it should be exactly for this the hack sprint like to get you. Uh, into it, to, to connect you with new people and and give them an overview, give them a good starting point, helping out. So this is exactly what it's meant for. So you definitely 
on on the spot did it what is this event is for so perfect um i have on the other side i have to a little bit like um maybe disappoint some people not sure maybe we can just discuss this also but it looks like a little bit of like we're we from the full moon team we want to make a summer break for the next hex sprint so i don't think there will be a july hex sprint maybe in august but definitely i think the september we will see one so a little bit bear with us so we uh, because we also this was for everybody especially in this special situation all is all also a stressing time so having the sun out now in the summer here in berlin germany so i think everybody needs a little bit stretch out so <laughs> <laughs> big time but, but definitely um um there will be some 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 other hex sprints so but maybe not in the july thing so we will let you know so i think everybody is subscribed to our channels on twitter and stuff so so we definitely let you know when when this will happen so <laughs> that's awesome no, we really appreciate, I mean, seriously, the, you know, like Olga said, you know, that that can't be downplayed, uh, you know, the organization and you guys pushing through every single month and constantly doing the updates. I mean, the development on this, there's, you know, there, there's private corporations that wish that they could get teams to work the way that you guys are working to develop. So seriously, man, it's it's no small feat. <laughs> cool, um, and maybe because Olga was also talking about this, the um, the, um, the the self-organized sessions, we really had also really some some nice ones. Um, the 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 one where really I, I personally enjoyed it. Just wanted to mention. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit sad that we didn't record it. So so I just want to want to tell you that this is happening. Is the space box uh, full note for Africa? So there is uh, we we got connected uh, to to people to a, a blockchain enthusiast or a Bitcoin enthusiast and. In, in Nigeria, and um, they started really to just contact me at one point, like uh, and to say, "Here, I'm we're using your recipe blitz, and we 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 building a special customized version of it, like a note specialized for um for the uh, for, for the African region, like even having possible to connect it to solar panels, bit to have battery backups and and uh, stuff like this. So so this is this was definitely great to see that there's a big initiative uh, to to get those full notes." out there uh, to to a country like africa and 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 what's really great to see in the presentation we saw is like this is that it's totally resonating with with a lot of what people say see here like um, giving you this freedom and open an an alternative financial system where you can opt out and and then maybe boycott the the, the existing financial system just seems to very good resonate with people there because there's always people like asking how can i make money this is a thing this is this is yeah in the crypto world here so this is a lot of people who just want to get their lambos but um but really 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 enjoyed this to, to see this and a little bit sad that we didn't record it because i think um we, this should be shared a little bit more to see what's happening because it would be so great to to connect those communities a little bit better because they have some pain points they, they they're searching for 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 making giving out an app that works well for 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 the people out there uh, in, in, the, in their communities and also like how they can they connect a little bit better to like a satellite and LoRaWAN so to to a little bit more self-management and also a kind of in a mesh network having self uh, doing the internet themselves to a certain degree so um this is really something for everybody listening here and also you're looking for something where you can make an impact 
that's definitely an, an area. And we from the Raspberry Blitz community, uh, if, if you just join the Raspberry Blitz community and say you want to help on those problems, please let me know. I will point you into the right direction um, and hope we can maybe, maybe even emphasize this a little bit more on the on the next hex sprint, even if this one is then just uh, not in July. Thank you very much. That's absolutely amazing. And um, I, I definitely, I encourage anybody who wants to, you know, who wants to get in, don't think that you, you know, you have to be a programmer or something like that. You know, working on an adjacent product uh, or or project, you know, that interfaces with Raspy Blitz in some way that maybe, you know, none of us ever thought of, like, that's fantastic. You know, everything like that is applauded. So definitely people should get in. Actually, I, I have to say there's one thing that I, I've been looking into, but I haven't actually decided to start the project yet because I think it might already exist, is you know how they have the pie juice hat for just the Raspberry Pi, but they really don't have a portable power supply that works well with the Raspberry Pi 4 and an SSD. So I, I was I was maybe going to look into, you know, building possibly a board with like, you know, a rechargeable lithium battery that, you know, that maybe could power the, uh, the pie that, or looking into see if something like that exists, that would be cool. I was, I yeah, was, de de oh. definitely, this is, this is really the point. You don't need to be a programmer if you know how to, to solder some electronics in, in, in a good way and give, give a Raspberry Pi in the setup we have with the Raspberry Blitz, a stable backup power and even have how to, and then you can maybe find out to communicate back how much battery is left in some easy way. This is definitely something to a uh, project to work on. If you can present something like this on the next X sprint, that will be up. It's so much love for you, though. <laughs> I, I wish. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm like baby steps away from from any of that. But still, it, it's uh, it's definitely something that you know. I I just picture what I what I think of when I when I think of the you know the the raspy blitz and all of the you know the adjacent services, the invoice terminal, and all of this stuff. I I always picture somebody you know a, a nomad that can work anywhere and that can build from anywhere, right? And and I think that part of that is that they're able to connect, let's say, their raspy blitz to their phone. And through that, they're always able, you know what I mean? They're always able to, to stay connected and offer services and be able to do that without any power either, without any requirement to always need uh, a wire plugged in somewhere. Yeah, we, we definitely have to make it more robust. And, and because we think from our situations, sure, our, our power and our internet comes out of the wall. So <laughs> that's great. But um, really to, 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 to connect it really to this mesh network area, to, to alternative power kind of systems and, and, and manage them in, 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 a, in a good way, that's, that's so much value. I totally agree. Well, we'll see. We'll see what comes up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we uh, do we have anything else, or have we covered uh, have we covered all the updates so far? Uh, so maybe from from what was happening, this was my overview. So maybe we can ask Jeff if if, if Jeff saw yeah. anything else you would like to mention. But from my side, I really have to say I think we we, we made made a good wrap up here. Cool. Uh, Jeff, anything else to add, add from your side? Um, yes. Uh... Thank you, Christian, for putting this together. Um, it was mostly on your shoulders uh, this time. I mean, we've we've developed a format that that's working quite well, but um, really, Christian is, is the one who's, who's doing a lot of legwork, and um, I, it wouldn't be possible without you. Um, so, th thank you very much. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Big shout out to Chris uh, to Christian for this. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Important weekend. Thanks a lot. Okay, so I think everybody enjoys your summer break. Um, yeah, really. Oh, we had we had a good we had a good run until now. So I think every relaxing from time to time is we it's well earned for for a lot of people in this community. I see so much so much work, so much passion. So uh, pump up your batteries again, and we and then I think in some maybe uh, July will not be, but August uh, September we will we will fire it up again. Very yeah, if cool. you're bored, uh, we're still going to uh, do a couple more episodes of Pod Splits um, the coming Sundays. Um, for now, it's planned to have a closer look at the Raspberry Blitz again next week uh, with Rutzel and Open Arms uh, and maybe somebody else. I'm not sure we still have to discuss that. But but if so, uh, don't think you have to be bored. <laughs> you can also tune in on, on Pod Splits on, on the YouTube channel uh, where you're probably watching this right now. Uh, but that's enough for um, shilling that. Thank you also, Koinikaros, for, for being the host today. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure. And, of course, thank you guys, right? Because you guys are all the, uh, you guys are the creators. And uh, I'm, just getting to, uh, I'm just getting a front row seat. So I couldn't ask for more. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. All right. I think we have a wrap up. Yep. So everybody out there, was a great weekend and see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks all. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. All the details will be in the show notes. And seriously, when it comes to these Lightning Node roundtables, the show notes are, are really worth it. Um, there's links to every single one of these guys' GitHubs all of the different projects they're working on. And you know what I mean? If you think that you're, you know, possibly bored or not challenged with Bitcoin, go and take a look at these projects. You will not be sorry. There is more than likely something there for you that is going to pique your interest. So as always, all of their contact details will be in the show notes, uh, mine as well. And of course, if anybody wants to reach me uh, by email, I am coinicarus at funwithbitcoin.com. If you want to catch me on Twitter or Telegram, I am at Coin Icarus. Catch you all next time. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>